Hi and welcome to the St Saviour's Finsbury Park podcast. Our vision is to be a church alive in God's love to serve the city. And we hope this teaching helps you to know God and serve him more wherever you've been uniquely placed. Let's jump in. giving us your time. Can I pray? And then I'm going to hand over to you. Um, Lord, we pray that you'd fill Jess with her spirit as she gives out uh, to us this morning, as she shares what you've been speaking to her, what you've been laying on her heart for us this morning from Psalm 23. I pray we'd have soft hearts to receive that which you want to impart. But actually more than that, we pray that she would enjoy herself. She would be free and be entirely herself in this moment. Amen. Thank you, Matt. You're all like, oh, who's her husband? Bring him. Um, No, but he's good. Um, So as Matt mentioned, my name is Jess. I am currently training to be a vicar in the Church of England. Um, I do my placement at KXC, uh, just down the road, and I study at a theological college as well. But it is really great to be here. My my life, my life, and Saint Saviour's lives are kind of entwined. Um, Aaron and I were also here three years ago, taking photos for the first service of the partnership when there were balloons and everything. Um, Aaron did spend lockdown helpfully helping the garden, so thanks for that. Um, and also, um, this was the place where I, did, um, where I led my first KXC service. So we were here using your church space, thank you, on Sunday afternoons, and this, is, um, this was my first time. So it is really great to be here. And we are working through Psalm 23, and so together at the start, we're all going to stand up again. Now, I know you're loud, because I've just heard you talk for the last 10 minutes. Um, so we're going to stand up to our feet, and we're going to read Psalm 23 together. You with me? Yeah. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He raises me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Great. Amen. You can all sit down now. Um, So this is a psalm that's a really interesting one. We all, a lot of us know it really well. And being in North London in 2023, this picture of a shepherd, it can often just pass us by and we're like, oh yeah, that's a really nice psalm. And so what um, God has been talking to me about uh, for you this morning is that you won't just leave this building with some fun facts about sheep. Um, and some of you may be wanting to be a shepherd, but that you will have left having encountered the good shepherd this morning. Um, So that is my plan for this morning. So we're going to focus on verse 3, which says, He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Now, whenever I hear this part of the verse, he refreshes my soul, I'm like transported to this lovely, like spa-like idyllic day. Uh, maybe with a hot tub, maybe with some cucumber water, even though I hate that. Um, waterfalls, and then I just relax. Whatever is your like refreshing place, that is what I think about when I read He Refreshes My Soul. But what is interesting to me is whenever I think that, I go, oh, I relax, and then I switch off. This is the part of the psalm where I go, oh, this is nice, and now I'm not listening. Um, 
But what is fascinating about this particular part of the verse is in the original text, it doesn't say what we're reading right now. So we're going to switch it up and find out what that actually means. That he refreshes my soul actually accurately translates as he brings me back. Really different, right? He refreshes my soul, very relaxing, there is nothing. He brings me back is active. So it means the shepherd brings the sheep back, which means that the sheep is lost. That's what it means. That's what it's saying. Now, I don't know if you can remember that far back to your childhood, some of you, um, or you may have seen it in a street. When you see a child walking with their family or their friends in a big group, and then the child kind of walks off a, bit, a little bit further. They're all really happy. They may be skipping. They may be running. There's that moment when they turn around to be like, yay, we're all walking together. And they turn around and there's no one there. Have you seen that on a child's face? There's a big smile. They turn around and then they go, oh, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Now, when I was a child, um, I was a very friendly child. Um, so when I used to go to the supermarket with my parents, I would, this is true, um, I would walk into the supermarket with my family, find a child that I thought was quite interesting, go up to them and say, hi, my name is Jessica, what's your name? And then I would wander the shop with them instead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when I say that out loud, I have a child now, so it makes me a little bit worried. Um, but I would wander around the shop with this newfound friend and their family. And then the moment when I see something that I would quite like in my, like, to take home, I pick it up, usually it's something like a Pop-Tart, remember Pop-Tarts? Yeah, pop um, take them off the shelf, turn to my parents, and they're not with me. And as a child, I do remember that sinking feeling of, I've lost, my, I've lost them. The shelves of the supermarket are so high, the store is so big, and I panic. That's the lost sheep feeling, right? Now, I was always reunited with my family. I did find them, and I said goodbye to my friends. Never saw them again. It's fine. Um, but that's the lost sheep. And you may be sat there this morning being like, Jess, I'm, but I'm not a lost sheep. I'm at church. I come every week. I'm on welcome. And I'm a Christian, so that means that I'm not a lost sheep. But the reality is this morning is that we are all lost sheep. So here's your, my, my challenge to make you understand that. Um, so he brings me back. Now let's talk about how there's three ways that sheep can get lost. Don't, don't go anywhere. Don't go. You've all switched off. You're like, she's talking about sheep. Um, my point of reference for sheep currently is city farms. Anyone else a city farm goer? A few of you. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, now one thing to know about sheep is they follow their flock. They are highly socially interdependent, so much so that they can follow their flock into dangerous situations. There's a story that happened in Turkey in 2005 where a flock of sheep were wandering together. One of the sheep decided to take a little detour off the side of a cliff. The flock followed the sheep one by one off the side of a cliff in Turkey. Over a thousand sheep followed the first one off the cliff. That is how much they follow their flock. Their social instinct runs so deep that they have to have, this is hilarious, have to have eye contact with another sheep at all times. It's really creepy. Otherwise, um, otherwise they get afraid and lost. That's what happens. And sheep can either obviously follow sheep off in another way or lose eye contact and then just get a little bit lost and a little bit afraid. 
The other interesting thing about sheep, you'll all go back to your city farms and be like, oh yeah, that's true. And sheep have limited vision, so their eyes are on the sides of their heads. So they have excellent peripheral vision, excellent, but straight ahead of them they can't see. They have to get up really, really close to whatever it is they want to see. So if they're interested in this tree here, they'll get really, really close to it. But what that will mean is they'll get so close and so involved in this situation that they'll also lose their flock and they'll lose them. Also, if they're really, really focused on this thing in front, they won't notice the terrain that's underneath them and they can get stuck and fall over. And then there's another thing that sheep do, which is they get cast or cast, for those southerners in the room. Um, they can get cast. Basically what happens is they fall over, they end up on their back with their legs in the air, and they can't get up. True story. Um, and so they flail around and try and get up. That's called uh, the sheep getting cast. And all they can do is wait to be rescued, or they actually wait to die. That's their option. So these lost sheep, they can either get lost by losing their flock, they can um, get lost by just getting too focused because they can't see, or they can get cast. And sheep that realize that they're lost, they do this interesting thing. They go and hide, if they can move, that is. So if they can move, what they do is they go and hide under a bush and stay there. Sometimes they'll make a bleating sound, but they'll stay underneath the bush. And they are too traumatized to walk. So if a shepherd finds that sheep in the bush, it has to be carried all the way back home. And I don't know about you, but I often don't want to be associated with a sheep. Whenever I hear stories of sheep, I'm like, well, I'm not a sheep. They're really dumb. Um, I want to be a good animal. But they are actually intelligent animals. Um, but as a people, as a society, as a world, we've been through a pretty traumatic few years, haven't we? Together, let alone all the trauma or um, painful experiences that we've been on individually. So I can definitely see my myself in this sheep. I've definitely had that moment where I feel like I've been hiding in a bush and hoping that things will just pass me by. So the sheep that are stuck and cast with their legs up in the air, this um, author called Philip Keller gives us this great description of what this is. So this is a man who studies shepherding. It's a great, great um, job. Um, but he says, a cast sheep is a very pathetic sight. Lying on its back, its feet in the air, it flays around, frantically struggling to stand up without success. Sometimes it will bleat a little for help, but generally it lies there, lashing about in frightened frustration. Now, I'm not going to ask you for a show of hands of who feels like that this morning, but um, I'm sure a lot of us do feel like that today. Completely done, sick of trying to get up, flailing your arms around, deciding whether to keep going or not. And maybe some of you this morning, you woke up and you said, this is, this is it, I don't know if I can keep trying anymore. And God wants you to know this morning that he sees you and he knows you and there's more. So don't give up. But whether the sheep is lost because of losing their flock or being stuck, the psalm actually isn't about sheep. It's all about the shepherd. And the psalmist uses this phrase, um, Jehovah-Rohi, which means the Lord is my shepherd. So the focus of this psalm is all about the shepherd. 
this um, psalm is what is referred to by a theologian called Walter Brueggemann as a reorientation psalm. It's meant for us to read it, reorientate ourselves to focus on God and not ourselves. Um, verse 3, he brings me back. Can I just do a little interlude because we've got some lovely children in the room. I love hearing children cry, so it's not an issue. Um, in Psalm 3, it actually says that the noise of babbling children and babies silences the enemy. Um, so if you ever hear a baby in your church service or anywhere, um, that's what's going on in the spiritual realm. Just, just so, slight interlude, muffle mum. Um, so he brings me back. This verse tells us that God comes to get us. Just think, for that for, think of that for a moment. However vulnerable you feel, however lost you feel, no matter where you assume he is, the good shepherd will never leave one of his sheep. God will never leave one of his children. The description of a cash sheep that I read out before describes a sheep flailing on the floor. And yet the good shepherd comes and gets that sheep. He isn't miles away waiting for you to get up by yourself. He isn't standing annoyingly close but far away just waiting for you to do what you need to do. He sees you and he knows you and he sees you and sits with you in your pain. Over the past few weeks, no, years and months of my life, um, I've realized that I've been a little bit like that lost sheep. I'm, I haven't been in like a different field with a different shepherd, not that far away. Um, I am training in the Church of England to be a vicar, so I have to be kind of close. Um, but what I was realizing was that I was walking by myself. I was flailing my legs on the ground, trying to do everything by myself. And it wasn't until a week or so ago when I was talking to God about this, he said a simple question to me. He said, do you trust me? And you know what my simple short answer was? No. <laughs> and it wasn't like a polite, oh no. It was a toddler being told what to do and didn't want to do it. And I was like, no, I don't trust you. And he said, well, that's okay because I'm still here. You may be here this morning thinking, I don't trust this good shepherd, but he's not going anywhere. This reorientation is one that the psalm is meant to do. It's meant to reorientate our attention from ourselves onto God. Another person who struggled with this understanding that God comes to us is a, was a Dutch priest and theologian called Henri Nguyen. So he struggled too, theologians struggle too, vicars struggle too, we all struggle. Um, and he wrote this, the question is not how am I to find God, but how am I to let myself be found by him? The question is not how am I to know God, but how am I to let myself be known by God? The question is not how am I to love God, but how am I to let myself be loved by God? Unlike my supermarket story where I had to go hunt for my parents, God is running after us. It's not a sick game of hide and seek. He is chasing after us and he's with you. We believe that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's what we believe, the Trinity. And in the New Testament, when we see Jesus, the Son of God on earth, he shares stories with us about what God the Father is like. We may know this story, um, but I'm going to briefly go through it. It is from Luke chapter 15, and it's the prodigal of the lost son. So in the story that Jesus tells, there is the son who says to his father, 
I want my inheritance early, which basically is him saying, I don't really care about you, but I really love your money. He gets given the money. He goes off and spends it. He spends all of it. And then he ends up cleaning up pigs. And in that moment, he is at his most lost. And yet he wants to go back to his father's house, but he wants to go as a servant. And we can read in, in Luke chapter 15. This is what Jesus says the father does when he sees the son. It says, the father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. And he said, for this son of mine was dead and is alive, and he was lost and he is found. The loving father welcomes the lost son. That story should really be, should really be called the loving father, because it really has nothing to do with the son. But that is Jesus giving us an insight into what God the Father is like. He loves us so much that he runs, picks up his, it says it picks up his clothes and runs towards you and hugs you and kisses you. Earlier in that chapter as well, Jesus talks about the lost sheep and says that he will leave the 99 sheep behind for the one. And we're all the one people this morning. God will chase after you. He's looking for you. He's just waiting for you. So what does the good shepherd do after he brings you back? In the rest of the verse, it says, he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Now, without a shepherd, sheep, I said that they were clever. They are clever, but they don't make good decisions. Um, if, without a shepherd, what a sheep will do is they'll wander the same paths, even if they don't lead anywhere good, just because it's worn out in the ground. So they'll just wander the same pieces of grass for the same time um, without a shepherd. And when I read that, I was like, oh, yeah, that definitely sounds like me if I'm just left to my own devices. I'll just do the same things. They don't really work, don't really help, um, but I'll just move like that. But what it says is that the good shepherd will take us on good paths, not for our sake, but for his sake. There was a hymn written in 1719, you know, recent. <laughs> I like to keep up to date with hymns. Um, from a man called Isaac Watts. And he describes this verse like this. He says, you bring my wandering spirit back when I forsake your ways. You lead me for your mercy's sake in paths of truth and grace. So only the good shepherd knows the right paths for us. And I believe this morning that God's question to us, as it was to me, is do you trust me? Not asking you to answer out loud, but think about it. Do you trust that God knows the right paths for you? If it's a resounding no like mine, then you're okay. It's okay. <clears throat> and in the book of Isaiah, in chapter 53, this is a book of prophecy. So it's talking about the coming Messiah and what he will be like. And in verses 4 to 6... In verse 6, it says, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. This chapter, this chapter 53, is all about Jesus. It says, And he had no beauty or majesty to attract him. He was despised and rejected, and he took up our pain. It's all about Jesus. The Lord is our shepherd and we are the lost sheep. But there is one thing that we can do is we can bleat. I mentioned before, sometimes if a sheep is stuck, it would just do a little bleat. Kenneth Bailey, who is a theologian and writes about this chapter, says, the, ble the bleating of the sheep communicates that I'm over here. 
I'm lost. I cannot find my home. Please rescue me. And whether that's a loud cry or the, the smallest whisper, that is what we can do this morning for God, to God. God is there whether we stop flailing around enough to see him or not. But we do have a response this morning. It's to reorientate ourselves but towards God, to repent. The word repent actually means to turn yourself around. We feel lost, lonely, helpless, uncertain of the terrain or where we're going. And yet there is one certainty. It is to turn to the shepherd who has come for you. He has come for you. He will rescue you and will guide you along the right paths for his name's sake. That is the one certainty this morning. And I believe that there is a cry, of, a cry and a posture for us as well to respond to that. So the cry, it says in Galatians chapter 4, verse 6, because you are his sons and daughters, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So it is the Holy Spirit, this is God again, the Holy Spirit in our hearts that enables us to cry out, Father, whether it is a loud, help me, Father, or a real small cry. And the posture is just surrender and acceptance. I say just, it's quite hard to do. <laughs> I'm going to share an, a picture with you. Um, it would come up on the screen. Can you all see? So this is a picture drawn by an artist called Charlie Mackesy. And this one is called The Prodigal Daughter. Now in the Bible, it talks about the prodigal son, but we are all children of God. And so when we talk about God taking us home, rescuing us, this is an okay, this is an okay painting. But if you have a look at the painting, look at the woman, look at the daughter. Her arms are not around the father. They are literally just down. There's no clinging. It is all the father. She's not holding on to him. All she is doing is turning her body and has sunken into the father's arms. She has been rescued by nothing she has done, but because of the good shepherd. The Lord is here, and he has been speaking to me about you this week. <laughs> you have been on my mind. The invitation this morning is to acknowledge that you are the lost sheep. Each and every one of us are lost. To reorientate ourselves towards God, who is the good shepherd, and to find safety and satisfaction in the arms of the Father. This is the only place we're going to find it. So I began by saying that my prayer for you is that you'll leave this building differently than when you came in. And I believe in faith that God has been encountering with you this morning. Moments of realization of how lost you actually are. Sometimes it takes a while because it's so deeply hidden. That deep down longing to be rescued, we all have it. And that quiet, quiet cry of repentance of turning again to God. So we are going to allow some time for that this morning. It's the simplest thing you'll do all day. Um, but it will be the most powerful thing you'll do. 
And the invitation today is, who wants to be rescued by God this morning? And who needs to be rescued by God this morning? Who wants to know the safety in the only place and with the only person who can offer that? Would you be able to stand with me? Now, this is often the time that you go, okay, great. She's finally stopped talking. Um, I'm just going to zone out. But what I would really encourage you to do is to close your eyes. There is nothing magical about closing your eyes. It is literally just to stop distracting you from everything else you see. The Lord is the good shepherd. He will come after you. He is coming after you. And Holy Spirit, will you come? You are here already. But Lord, will you speak to your children? We thank you that you have been talking and speaking and moving. But we do not want to leave this place the same as we came in. We want an encounter with the good shepherd, with you, Father. And it might be if you have a good imagination that you may want to imagine yourself being picked up and rescued by God the shepherd. He is good. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you will move in the hearts of your children. That I speak against any barriers to what you want to do this morning. And so the ask is simple. It has nothing to do with the person next to you, with me with anybody else, but if you feel this morning that you need to be rescued, that you know that you are lost, and that you want to encounter a good, good father, all you have to do is reorientate yourself to choose to face the good shepherd. And what I want to encourage you to do is, if that's you, come to the front. Again, nothing magical. If you're comfortable, you can stand, you can kneel. This is between you and God. So if that's you, I encourage you to come. just repent turn towards your father and I felt like the Lord was saying every time I say father there's a couple of you in the room who every time I say father um, you get tense 
your earthly fathers are not a reflection of your heavenly father. There's still a lot of space if people want to come.